Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. Cha cha cha. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Cha cha cha. <laughs> Hello, Dominic. Hello, Catherine. That's me. I'm a Catherine. How are you doing? I bought a pop socket for my phone. Oh, and what's a pop socket do? Well, maybe this is not a pop socket, but it's a ring thing that goes on my finger and I can hold my ridiculous phone that's big. I'll put it on there like that. Kate and I have both purchased new phones as of late. We did. And we're also trialing a new recording setup, style, design, whatever thing, folks. So yeah. hopefully this should be coming to you better and clearer and more professional. We'll see because we, <laughs> we're still doing the talking. <laughs> <laughs> The program can only do so much. (laughs) (laughs) It can't make us better, but it can definitely make us clearer. It can. It can make the recording sound better, but we still put the words in. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Dom, do we have any housekeeping today? Housekeeping. Housekeeping. We certainly do, because this is the most important thing. As usual, folks, please do, if you have five extra or 10 extra seconds in your life, uh, please go rate and review us on whatever listening device, service, cloud, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's all stream. technical to us. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your stream. But please, if it's a strong stream, a weak stream, we are, yep. we are not, you know, we're, we're inclusive of all stream strengths. But We absolutely are. For us, it's really, really important that you go rate and review us and and give us those five stars, which I know you want to give us, um, because it helps us be found to other people in the globe. So please go do that. And in the meantime, go follow us at uh, shittingbricks.com. No, that's not a website. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, did you make a website in the past week? (laughs) I mean, we do have one of those, but it's not that. Um, nah, it's not. But that's but okay. Go check out all of our social channels, Instagram, Please. TikTok, Facebook, um, all those great ones. And it's shitten, not shitting, shitten. Like, yeah, shitten. Shitten. Like shitten bricks. Like yeah. S-H-I-T-T-I-N. Yeah, go follow us. Go check out all of the extra fun shit that Kate and I get up to because this is yeah. only the beginning. Um, I've already gone and lost my mind. Wow, that song is really. We're gonna put that in our next episode. Please, please what a do. Theme, theme song. Um, actually, Liz Truss is in the waiting room and she's just Liz, rocking out to it right now. Close the door. <laughs> no, don't. 
she does this. She'll just pretend. She puts her hand on the door handle and she's like, oh, oh I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it. Go and get some biscuits. I put a fiver on the bench for you. She flashed Jesus. people the other day walking past yes. the shop front. She was like, oh. oh, she was. She just can't get enough attention. And Maggie moons everyone. They call her Maggie she the does. Mooner. Maggie the Mooner, which <laughs> I know is, uh, yeah, one thing that people don't know about her. Almost done with housekeeping. Uh, go check out our Patreon. Uh, it's a great place for you to get all extra episodes and find out, find out what Kate and I are up to in our free spare yeah. time because we do have lives outside of this podcast, I'm told. Well, <laughs> I don't know. They're not great. <laughs> I don't know if I do. <laughs> but, Kate, that's the end of housekeeping. But, Kate, okay. I have something quite exciting to share um, okay. We we need to just pause for a moment. I know we're about to hit our five minute mark, but this is worth breaking our five minute introductory mark. Breaking before. news. Yeah. We need to do. That sounded like you were just about to get into the circus thing. That's our breaking news. Um. Yeah. Today's going to be one of those days, folks. But yeah. We are really excited because as of late, the past month, Kate and I, for whatever reason, have gone gangbusters in the UK. So we just wanted to pause for a second and do a very special shout out to all of our beautiful, lovely UK listeners. Thank you for joining yeah. us. Thank you. We love you. There's like we love all of our you. listeners, but particularly the, the UK with you guys supporting us so much. That's phenomenal. And because we all know and have close people that work in the medical profession, nurses, ambulance drivers and all that. We know it's a very difficult time for you all right now. So hopefully our podcast is bringing a bit of positivity and light to you. Yeah. Um, power to you. If we could strike with you or for you, we would. But last but not least, a huge special shout out and thank you to James Barker, who is our most recent Patreon from the UK. Thanks, James. We love you. Uh, thanks for joining us, James. And so excited. This is your special Bricky shout out. Um, yeah. You're one of the Bricky, Bricky, you know, people. You're uh, So at, on our Patreon, we have different levels. Um, Chelsea, Kate's sister, is a porcelain throne. Uh, she is a porcelain throne member. We've got Amy, who's our poop crew. And then we've got Blake Parker and now James as our Brickies. So Yay! Thanks. We're building our little crew yeah. and we'll keep putting out content for you all, which is very exciting. Absolutely. Okay, Kate, I've taken up enough time. Um, You've taken up just the right amount of time for me, Dom. Oh, oh you're so cute. At least somebody <laughs> wants me this week. <laughs> I, I really do. Never go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, just a quick side note, folks. I got made redundant last week, so I'm now officially oh. unemployed. This is the only I, gig yeah. that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> but we're glad to have you and we don't want you to ever go. And yeah, um, yeah I'm Sadly, glad that you're here. <laughs> Kate can't make me redundant, even if she wanted to. <laughs> I, I truly cannot. I really can't. I've tried. Uh, no, I have not. I'm very excited that you're here. This is the first time Dom and I've spoken since our last epi and we're excited to have a good time. Dom, 
We've gone two minutes and 15 seconds over our usual five-minute introductory start. So I should zip it. Zip it. Zip it. Zip it real good. Zip it. Zippity-doo-dah. <laughs> People, this is related to you, Dom. Mm-hmm. I'm going straight into this. And this is an in conjunction with the episode I did two weeks ago called Ponzi, which is about Charles Ponzi. He made the Ponzi scheme, believe it mm-hmm. or not. People who have faced who have faced severe financial difficulties in the past may develop chromatophobia. Now, if you were listening at the beginning of Ponzi, you would know all about chromatophobia. That is the phobia we talk about when you've spent money or you don't want to spend any money. And it's not like you're a little bit frugal. It's like you have a phobia of spending money. Yeah. So that's what we're sort of, you know, touching on a little bit. But I promised you two weeks ago that whilst I'm talking about Ponzi schemes, uh, I touched on a gentleman by the name of Bernie Madoff. I use the term gentleman very loosely and almost ironically because he's yeah. a fuck. <laughs> he's that's a probably a better. <laughs> he's a massive dirtbag piece of shit. Sociopath yeah, well, criminal. We're actually going to add in a new Patreon level called Douchebag Crew. And I love that. Only Madoff gets that one and it's five yeah. billion dollars per month, Madoff. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. And then that goes into restitution for his victims. So it works out really well for him to sign up to that. So yes. what I mentioned is I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the victims that, you know, surrounded Madoff. So whilst I'll tell you a bit about the case and give you a bit of context, if you're not 100% sure about who he is or what he did, you may know who he is, you may know what he did. This is a little bit of, uh, yeah, information. I've taken an article from The Guardian, which came out recently, uh, came out in uh, well, just last month, actually. Because of the release of Madoff, The Monster of Wall Street, Mm. it's a documentary on Netflix, which is about Bernie Madoff, believe it or not. And the creator of that did an interview. So it's sort of a, not a direct storytelling, I suppose. It kind of covers more about what they talk about in the documentary and some of the other finer details. So let me get into it. Yeah. You ready? As as usual, Netflix is just copying all of our scheduling and programming folks. Classic. And I'm that's not do, a joke. <laughs> no, it happens all the time. It's crazy. I think the next thing that I'm going to do is um, something where like Zac Efron comes to my house. That's the next sure. episode I'm going to do. So that's Netflix should probably film that. Mm. It's a fear. <laughs> it is a fear that I would have too much intercourse. Fan <laughs> oh, me down. and. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, it's going to be one of those days, 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 days. Locked. This is not a good segue. Holy shit. I was just about to go in. Oh, okay. It gets serious because this is not a funny thing. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the giggles have set in. Oh, no. Locked inside his office on the 22nd floor of a New York building, Rene Terry Magon de la Villache sliced his arms open and bled into a trash can to avoid making a mess for the cleaning lady. Is that a strong opening? That's a very strong opening. Okay. Now he chose this methodology, uh, methodology of death that he did a painful solution to atone for his sins of omission, says Frank Casey, a financial investor who worked with Villachet. What a waste of a man, in quote. The French investment fund manager had lost $1.5 billion of his client's money to Bernie Madoff, the architect of the biggest Ponzi scheme in American history who surrendered to police 11 days earlier. 
So Villachet's only choice for himself was to uh, commit suicide because of the sheer stress and he had no way out seemingly. Yeah. So, you know, when I mentioned I'd talk about Madoff and talk about some of his victims, this kind of, this is why this article hit me because I was like, it does talk a bit more about them. Yeah. So it's not just money to people. It's their life. Uh, so the story of Madoff's rise and fall and how his illusionary gift for defying the gravity of financial markets shattered countless lives, and it's told in a four-part documentary. So it was released in Jan. Madoff, the monster of Wall Street, features whistleblowers, employees, investigators, and victims, as well as previously unseen video depositions of Madoff himself. One interviewee describes him as a financial sociopath, a serial financial killer. Another says that he is a man of pure evil whose tale will be told a hundred years from now. He's not wrong. Wow. Because it was the early 1900s that Charles Ponzi created the Ponzi scheme. So he, we're still talking about him. And I feel like you can't talk about a Ponzi scheme now without talking about Bernie Madoff. So I feel it's kind of hand in hand. I do think that we'll talk about him a hundred years from now. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever cross over to like a Madoff scheme, but yeah, that's true. But well, yeah. Anyway, it's a lot of money. We'll see. We'll wait and see. It's not a. Now, it's not a like a. It's not a, an award or a level that you want to achieve. You're like, no, oh, no, you had not, the biggest yeah. Ponzi scheme. Yeah, exactly. You get the new. You're the new title of the worst financial crisis for individuals of all time. Thanks, mm. buddy. Now the film makes the argument uh, that. It is crazy to think that the $64 billion security swindle, which wiped out life savings, ruined charities, and was was the brainchild of a single villain. It would have not been possible without partners in crime and financial institutions willing to turn a blind eye. Speaking via Zoom from his home in New York's Hudson Valley, the documentary's director, Joe Berlinger, says... Over time, the aura of this story and how the story was originally reported and how most people think about the story is one evil genius who was so charming and manipulative, he did all this terrible stuff. The reality, which is underreported and a cautionary tale for everybody who has any kind of financial assets in the market, is that he got away with it because a whole bunch of co-conspirators or people should have known better. Yeah. So that's the real cautionary tale of this. It's not just him. He doesn't just, you know, there's a lot of uh, people who knew what was happening. And nothing was done about it. Correct. The documentary traces how Madoff was born in a middle-class Jewish neighborhood in Queens, New York in 1938. Along with his brother, Peter, he saved a few thousand dollars from working as a lifeguard and installing sprinklers before setting out to conquer Wall Street. He would have been better off doing more sprinklers, but he did Do you reckon? Probably not. I feel like it's, you know, it's like serial killers and, you know, axe murderers and stuff. There's something inherently not okay with them. And I feel that that's the same in Bernie's case. I I don't think it would have mattered what he did. I think the ending would have been the same, in my opinion. True. By the 1980s, the era of Gordon Gecko one of my favorite TV characters. And if you haven't signed up to our Patreon and listened to our Wall Street episode, please do so. The brothers were running a legitimate business buying and selling stock from an office in Midtown Manhattan. Madoff made history, this is a fact that some people don't know, Madoff made history by launching the NASDAQ. So whenever you hear about the NASDAQ, Madoff made that. He created the first electronic stock exchange. 
and he advised the Securities and Exchange Commission on the whole system. So that still exists. He made that. Like that's he's got to be smart. That's he's got cool. to. Yeah. So that's an interesting fact that some people don't don't know. Now Berlinger, the director of the doco, he is a self-confessed stock market geek whose past works include Conversations with a Killer, Crime Scene, and Brothers Keeper. He said that he's a guy who is largely responsible for computerized trading, which led to these off-exchange dealers all coming together and creating one computer screen, so to speak, which is the origin of the NASDAQ. Bernie Madoff is largely responsible for legitimizing that market, the electronic exchange that today Google, Microsoft, and Apple are all a part of. The irony of this is that he was a great innovator and that certainly is why people trusted him, but there were just too many red flags to ignore. How many times in history, and one example pops into your mind straight away, it's like, if this person had have set their skills to do good instead of evil, imagine what they could have achieved. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. but you could say that about so many of the people that we've talked oh, about totally. on this podcast where you're like, yeah. they're brilliant people. It's not a not necessarily about intelligence or anything like that. It's misguided brilliance. Yeah, yeah. And some sort of sociopath well yeah that yeah that causes them to do the wrong thing yes sorts of things but yeah imagine what the yeah anyway so the sec failed to spot the red flags that were clearly there in a separate office madoff was secretly robbing peter to pay paul using cash from new investors to pay returns to old ones an ibm computer churned out monthly statements showing steady double digit returns even during market downturns red flag red flag red flag by the end of 2008, the statements claimed that the investor accounts totaled $65 billion. Fucking hell. Do you need yeah. that much money? Honestly. Well, I mean, when you're trying to support the business, you do, unfortunately, because you have to try to have the money there to pay other people oh, yeah. when you're not really investing in the stocks. But in terms of do I personally need that much money? No, I would settle for $1 billion. I don't need 65 of them. You have one, I'll have one, and we'll give the rest to world peace. Deal. Let's do it. So, as I was just explaining, the trades were fictitious, so no securities were ever bought or sold. If you understand, yeah, the basis of a Ponzi scheme, this is, you know, a really quick outline. But again, I didn't, I did that two weeks ago. So go back and have a listen to that if you're keen to know a bit more detail about a Ponzi uh, but seen as a respected elder statesman with a Midas touch, Madoff was able to burn thousands of investors. Here's a little like touch of the people that he burnt, uh, including Holocaust survivor. Is it Ellie? It's Ely, Ely uh, Weissel. Yeah. And director Steven Spielberg, actor Kevin Bacon, baseball legend, legend, Sandy Koufax and businessman Fred Wilpon, as well as retired prison officers, teachers, and dentists. Many of them were Jewish and many of them lived in Florida. So those were just some of the people that he fucked over. I think it's Ellie Wiesel. I think it's El Ellie Wiesel. Thank I you. I think it is, but a uh, great author wrote an amazing book, which you should, everyone should go read. I've forgotten the name of it, but I will find it right this second. Okay. I double check my pronunciation. I feel really bad that I didn't go and check that before doing this episode. No, that's all right. Um, okay. It's called Night. Yeah. 
Night by Ellie Wiesel. Amazing. It, I could be saying it wrong, but anyway, that's a long list of pretty big name people to piss off and burn. Yeah, for sure. Berlinger, the director of the doco, says at the end of the day, he's a financial serial killer. And the reason I say that is the serial killers don't have empathy. There's no way that you can look at a widow in the eye at the Palm Beach Country Club and assure them that their life savings is fine. Give me your money. I'll take care of you. And then just keep doing that to people. He's somebody who lacks empathy. He can't be remorseful. So he's like, oh, your husband just died. That's sad. Why don't you give me all your money? And I'll take care of it fully well, like knowing that his company is dust, like it doesn't exist. It's fictitious. Yeah. And he can do that. What All the while, yes, super douche, made off and his wife were living the high life. They owned a luxury apartment in Manhattan, $11 million real estate in Palm Beach, a $4 million home on the tip of Long Island and a home in the south of France. They also enjoyed private jets and a yacht. Uh, like another boy from Queens, Donald Trump, Madoff elbowed his way into the Manhattan elite. So he just paid his way in. Berlinger adds, of course greed was some element, but I don't think he was blinded by greed. He was a poor kid from Queens who longingly looked over the river towards Manhattan, wanted to be a big player and just loved being the guy, being successful. One of the reasons the Ponzi continued and got ramped up on steroids is that his legitimate businesses were starting to fail and so he used the Ponzi money to shore up his legitimate businesses because he wanted to be Mr. Wall Street. There's only one Mr. Wall Street. It's Gordon Gekko, okay? Ego and a sense of belonging to the big club of rich fellas that run the world. It was less about greed and more about status and position. Madoff claimed he acted alone, but the film highlights his big four investors. So these were guys who just gave him money hand over fist. It's crazy including Jeffrey Pickauer, a Florida philanthropist who made more money from the Ponzi scheme than Madoff himself. I found Jeez. that a fascinating fact. Yeah, and Pickauer, people would forget about that, right? They would just, he'd go under the radar. Yeah, that's it. Because they're, they're getting dividends or they are on paper, there are dividends. Mm. But no doubt you would be wanting to take some money out if you're investing hundreds of millions. Uh so that's Pickauer, Jeffrey Pickauer. Pickauer was found dead in a swimming pool at his mansion in 2009. So he was, you know, not dispatched. doing so well. He was dispatched. <laughs> his widow later agreed to return $7.2 billion made off outfoxed regulators. Well, snaps to her. I'm, yeah. I don't know her. $7.2 billion. I don't know how much they, they yeah stole oh i realized just now i just continued a sentence that had finished so <laughs> i did not put a full stop there i fixed it now ready here we go again his widow later agreed to return 7.2 billion dollars made off outfoxed regulators <laughs> that's better i'm starting a new sentence not finishing one he also weathered economic storms in the 1990s and the september 11 terrorist attacks in new york and washington but he was finally undone by the financial crisis of 2008 when banks that had made reckless bets on mortgage-backed securities collapsed and investors scrambled to pull their money out of the stock market. If you have seen The Big Short, that is the film that will explain to you what mortgage-backed securities are and everything that happened in 2008. 
They explain it so well. Most of it is done by Margot Robbie in a bath drinking champagne, which suits me down to the ground because I can focus on that. I can understand and I know what's happening. So see the big short. If you have any interest in any of this, it's also quite good. Steve Carell's in it. He does a really good acting job. Is that going to be our... Um... Our pop culture reference of the week? Yeah. It is. Oh, I haven't seen it and I've been wanting to watch it because everyone just goes on and on and on about how amazing it is. Don't and I mean, Margot Robbie, she's one of us. She's our hometown yes. girl. We love her. She is. Well, she's, she's our home girl. She's, she's our rotten soldier. She's our brizzy girl. But anyway. Yeah. That's, we won't hold that against her, but she's a friend of the pod. She won't She, she won't is. Mind. She is a friend of the pod. She doesn't mind at all. Uh, but Christian Bale's exquisite. Uh, yeah, Steve Carell is fantastic in it. I'm trying to think who else is in it. It's big stars, nonstop big stars. Just bang, bang, bang. Big star, Wasn't big star, Brad big Pitt star. in it as well? Yes, I believe so. It's the whole crew. It's yeah. fabulous. But it does actually explain in, in layman's terms. You will understand exactly what the mortgage-backed securities, which doesn't sound sexy, but they make it sexy. Um, same as this pod. That's what I'm doing now, baby. Making it sexy. <laughs> so during 2008, when the whole market is collapsing and everybody is scared, spooked invex- investors started to make withdrawals from Madoff's investment fund. But Madoff, no surprise, he ran out of money to give them. So whilst the book said that his fund was worth $64 billion, most of that money was God. didn't exist. Yeah, because he was taking money. It is pretend numbers that they just made up. Um, He wasn't, you know, taking all that money to pay for all his houses around all of the planet and also try and shore up his legitimate businesses too so that money didn't exist. Whatever was put in there just went off elsewhere and, yeah. Billinger says, sorry, what were you? No, I was just, uh, no, you didn't because I I didn't interrupt you. I was just going to say, how do these people not think that they won't get caught like you're that intelligent to come up with the nasdaq but you're not intelligent enough or you're that psychotic or whatever to really think this is this isn't like something small under the table that doesn't (laughs) guys don't say anything i've got 64 billion dollars it's fake (laughs) (laughs) like it's so big and elaborate and it's public like it's gonna you're gonna get caught I was just reading some interesting stories about, uh, I was on Lad Bible on YouTube. I got into a mm. rabbit hole on Lad Bible mm. and there's people who have, um, yeah, I don't love that, but some of the stories that just happened to be on there, I was interested in. Yeah. And there was one about, you know, a gentleman who, when he was younger or no, for like the first 20 years of his life, he was addicted to heavy drugs, like heroin, like the whole kitten caboodle. And he would tell stories about, what his life was and how that was just normal. And he's like, I'll just die. That's I'll just be a drug addict and die. Um, and there was another guy who same thing, he, but with gambling, another guy was same thing, but with drinking. And some of the stories that they were telling is that when you were deep enough in that hole, there's that's it. You just perpetuate that lifestyle. You just go with it. You're just doing that because you believe that's what your life is. I feel there's an element of that in this. Madoff has gone, too far and he's gone too far for too long with getting away with it that he would feel invincible and because he's a psychopath too well not a psychopath but he's certainly a sociopath and believes he's not doing anything wrong yeah so he's like whatever let's figure it out uh 
Berlinger says that the scariest thing of all to me in this story is that nobody brought him down. So regulators missed it. People who are very sophisticated investors who should have known better, who should have known that a conservative option strategy can't produce those kinds of results, didn't ask the right questions. None of that brought Bernie down. What brought Bernie down? Ooh, what brought Bernie down? What brought Bernie was down? <laughs> WBBD. Uh, was a black swan event, the financial crisis. And I believe that if the markets had just gone about in their normal cycles, he's probably still be doing it today. Wow. So if that crisis hadn't have happened, he'd probably still be existing today and just chipping away and just continue to cycle through people's money yeah. and make it worse and worse and worse, more and more and more money. Crazy. It's not that the, the crisis itself wasn't terrible for so many people already. It's also yeah. like, oh. Ooh. He's like, oh, man. Pick that scab. There's a, yeah, <laughs> oopsie. There's a corpse under that scam. You <laughs> the next thing that uh, happened was that knowing the game was up, Madoff held a meeting with his sons. So his two sons worked for his business. Uh, just to give you a heads up as well. So there were two offices, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, but in the same office building, there was the 19th floor, which had the NASDAQ computers and phones. And it was very clean and nice and tidy and fancy looking and all of that. And Madoff's office was in there. Then on the 17th floor, you've just got dot matrix printers, reams of paper boxes, shit everywhere, curtains drawn. There was a guy who was essentially a mafioso. He was like Madoff's right-hand man to run the 17th floor, which is where all of the fairy tale existed. That's all the fictitious paperwork statements. That was where the business was running. The business at the 19th floor was, it was a fugazi, but the 17th (laughs) floor was legit. Um, so that's where it was all happening. Now his son, so murder, Bernie's sons never went to the 17th floor. They didn't know it existed. They worked for him for so many years. They legitimately had no clue that this was happening. Bernie and I reckon about four or five other people knew exactly what was happening. Other people would have known something was happening and there were people that did investigate and try to get something off the ground, but the SEC were like, nah, it's fine. We've looked into it. Don't worry about it. And then it's, yeah, so knowing the game was up with that, you know, information in mind, Madoff held a meeting with his sons and he admitted that his business was all just one big lie. A lawyer for the family contacted regulators who alerted federal prosecutors and the FBI. Bernie was arrested in December 2008 and became the focus of public fury over the wider financial meltdown. So they're like, you caused the global financial crisis. And he's like, I did not. However, I didn't really help anybody who invested with me. So look, it's, you know, six one way, half a dozen the other. What are you going to do? But I didn't do the housing market crisis thing. But no doubt he probably had something to do with the shitty insurance mortgage crap and would have invested in all of that. Anyhow, uh, he was sentenced to 150 years in prison after pleading guilty in 2009 to fraud and other charges. He died whilst incarcerated at aged 82 in 2021. So two years ago now, his ashes remain in a box in his lawyer's office because his family refused to receive them. Oh. Yeah. They were like, nah, <laughs> you can keep it. <laughs> I think as well, there was something around um, the fact that, and I could be getting this wrong, please do not take any offense if I am, but I do believe that Bernie was Jewish and I believe that there is, you know, in that 
religion, they don't they don't like cremation. I believe that there is something around him needing to be buried, but that was another slight where his family were like, fuck you in the incinerator you go. You're nothing to us. You are absolutely nothing to us. So yeah, please let us, please write in if I've got that wrong. I'm remembering the podcast, the doco, all of that, but I do know that their whole, his whole family was essentially like, fuck off. Uh, So he's yeah in a, in a box in his lawyer's office. This is really sad too. One of Madoff's sons, Mark, who didn't know anything about this, he killed himself on the second anniversary of his father's arrest in 2010. And Madoff's other son, Andrew, died from cancer at 48. Now, Andrew had gotten better in 2003, but he blamed the stress of his father's crimes for its return. Oh, my goodness. So literally both his sons. Madoff's um, brother Peter was sentenced to 10 years prison in 2012 despite claims that he was in the dark about his brother's misdeeds. In February of last year, Madoff's sister and her husband were found dead in an apparent murder-suicide. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. This is, That's a lot of tragedy. I don't. I know very little about any of this story and... Yeah. These details are just totally puts the whole thing in a different light. Yeah. And that's what I had said two weeks ago when I was talking about Ponzi schemes and about, you know, there's, yes, the financial side. But what I, you know, mentioned at the start of the yeah, what I liked about this article is it really goes into the personal ramifications that yeah. people suffered because of this man, particularly, I mean, his family, but there's also, you know, other victims that suffered because of this too. You know, we talk about the banker at the very opening of this article mm. because he invested $1.5 that was disappeared. It's, it's crackers. Uh, a trustee was appointed to, so after Madoff's been arrested, he's gone to prison, a trustee was appointed to recover funds and to this date has returned about 70% of lost funds to investors. The questions persist, persist over regulation and oversight. JP Morgan Chase, which served as Madoff's bank for more than 20 years, came to a $2 billion settlement with government agencies over its relationship with him. Uh, Berlinger remained skeptical. He said, JP Morgan Chase, here's a checking account with billions of dollars going through. If this was a checking account with a Mexican name on it, they would have assumed drug cartel money and every $10,000 transaction would be analyzed and there would be suspicious activity reports. It's Bernie Madoff. We're not going to worry about it. I don't think JP Morgan knew there was a Ponzi scheme going on, but I certainly think they knew something wasn't right and they chose to ignore it. Everyone chose to ignore it. That wider culpability to me is a story that nobody's really pulled together to provide this picture of the immense collapse of any kind of oversight and regulation that should have happened. Yes, Sperlinger. Yes. Senior SEC officials were grilled by Congress, as they bloody well should be, with members of both parties asserting that Madoff's fraud exposed systematic problems. You think? What a great salute, like a, a great to come up with. I couldn't think of the word I wanted to say there, so I just mumbled through it. The SEC made rule changes, including in how the agency carries out inspections of investment advisors. Good for you. You missed it, though. As you should. Like, be embarrassed. Yeah, do your job. Burlinger draws parallels with cryptocurrency entrepreneur Sam Bankman Fried. Is that his name? Sam yeah. Bankman Fried? He's name. 30. He's awaiting trial on charges that he swindled investors and looted customer deposits on his FTX trading platform. 
I feel people should take more responsibility for their personal finance, understand where their money is going and understand that this can happen again. And guess what? It just did with FTX and Sam Bankman fried. So Berlinger wants you to know, guys, he wants you to pay, sit up and pay attention. Where's your money? Where's it going? <laughs> Not that that's a Ponzi scheme, but the similarities are striking. You had a charismatic guy who just talked and talked and people believed him without actually looking into the details. You had very sophisticated investors taking other people's money and giving it to FTX, where FTX then used it to shore up its failing hedge fund. This has got some similarities to a Ponzi scheme. Those people who were taking innocent people's money and giving it to somebody to invest should have known better. Just like with Madoff, the regulatory oversight was non-existent, in part because that's a fundamental problem with crypto that has to be fixed. There was more oversight in place to deal with Bernie than oversight in a place to deal with crypto. So it's not apples and apples comparison, but in some ways it is. Regulators should have known better and innocent people suffered. Yeah, I mean, I understand very little about crypto but I, I i i know i understand what it is and so on but it definitely makes me very anxious and very nervous and the risks involved you think, i don't understand like, like oh it's not gonna happen to me or you know that only happens you know not very often or whatever but it does it happens yeah. way more often than people think and it yeah happens on a scale that is just bonkers huge yeah and i don't understand fully how someone can be like i've made a bitcoin you should buy my bitcoin i don't what it's not a they just made it out of thin air <laughs> okay we've got yes. a shitting coin okay and we should start selling shit coin on shit coin on our podcast so okay yeah. done if you sign <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at my own self. On this Riverside app, as a sidebar, when you first log on, it just takes a snapshot of you and puts it as your little picture next to your name. <laughs> so I went ahead and put a little top nut, little pony, and made this face. And it's a beautiful photo. Sorry, I just made myself giggle. Yeah, let's get a shit coin going on. All right, so here's the next bit of my story, which I'm just looking at because I didn't edit it Mm, as well as I perhaps could have. We're on a new recording system now, Kate, so it'll edit itself. <laughs> I certainly hope so. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to skip over that. We were, What I was looking at was, again, some of the victims. I'm just going to do a really super quick. Uh, these are some of the people. I gave you a really quick little list earlier, but here we go. He duped. Bernie Madoff duped. Banks or firms in Spain, Scotland, Austria. It's quick round. Japan, J Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Japan, Switzerland, the Netherlands, France, Italy, Portugal, Singapore. A pension fund for teachers in Korea. Nice one. The founder of Bed Bath and Beyond. Not as bad. The owner of the New York Mets, the International Olympic Committee, many schools and universities, particularly with Jewish ties, including Yeshiva University, New York University, and Bard College. Zaza Gabor, Kevin Bacon, John Malkovich, a country club in St. Paul, Minnesota, Steven Spielberg's charity. In a partridge, in a partridge. It's hard to choose the most despicable aspect of Madoff's crimes. Was it pilfering from the plumbing union, locals 267 in Syracuse, bankrupting a veteran of the war in Afghanistan, stealing from other board members of the Gift of Life Bone Marrow Foundation, a charity for Jewish patients with leukemia and lymphoma from which his own son, Andrew, suffered and later died? 
Oof. How's this guy? How's the balls? How's the cojones on this cracked pot? <laughs> Absolutely huge. Kate the Madoffs. I really am. That's just a tiny list. Uh, the Madoffs have five grandchildren, though they've all changed their last name in the hope that the family shame will not follow them. Mark's widow, Stephanie, Mark is uh, Bernie's son that committed suicide. She sat down for an interview in 2011, shortly after her husband's death. She said, I hate Bernie Madoff. If I saw Bernie Madoff right now, I would tell him I hold him fully responsible for killing my husband and I would spit in his face. Good for you, Stephanie. Very accurate. Mm-hmm. I mentioned a little bit about the Bernie Madoff uh, fund for paying people back. It's got a much better name than that. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Madoff Victim Fund. It's the Madoff Victim Fund. That's much more, that rolls off the tongue a lot. <laughs> so creative we are. Now I put a little, we'll put a little, uh, you know, infographic on our socials. However, payouts have now exceeded $4.78 billion. 40,454 victims have received assistance and the minimum recoveries have reached 88.35% of fraud losses. So that is some good news. Yeah. One so. thing that I did read, though, which I thought was a bit effed up, was if you invested, you, Dominic, you invested in Bernie L. Madoff Investment Securities and you left your money in there and then he went bankrupt and you lost all your money. You lost $50,000. Sure. Sorry to hear that. That's bad. However, three years ago, I took some money out because I need. I wanted to go to Palm Springs. So I went ahead and took out 50000 I invested 50000 took out. 75,000, let's say, left a little bit in there, okay? Because of the restitutions, you get your $50,000 back because you left it in there and it disappeared. Sure. I now have to argue the fact that I already spent the 25 grand that didn't exist in reality. Uh, yeah. So do I now need to pay that back and do I get $50,000 back or are you only going to give me 25? So there is two layers. You were better off if you just left your money in there rather than taking money out which people yeah so there's a bit yes it sounds great that they're paying people back but it's not just a happy ending for everybody there's people who are now living in retirement communities that don't have twenty five thousand dollars because that was five years ago and they spent it on their retirement community yeah and that's something that yeah it's a pain that just keeps on hurting essentially let me leave you with some facts some quick facts do you okay. want some quick facts, Tom? I was going to say, is it too much to hope for a positive end to this story? <laughs> I will give you some interesting things, maybe not positive, but uh, here's some facts. Nobody was found guilty of knowing about the scheme except for Bernie Madoff. Nobody. Oh, that's, that's not a positive. That's oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to work it up. It's not? Okay. I mean, his two sons and his wife were not found guilty of having any implications. Um, yeah, his wife barely, you know, his wife barely survived the suicide attempt of Mark. So she was having a happy time, I guess. I'm trying to like, if I say this in a jovial way, perhaps it's more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there was lots of, you know, affluent individuals um, that ended up dead in various circumstances. So mm. no one else is really, I think. Uh, here's a happy one. Madoff didn't actually steal $65 billion. He only stole $20 billion. Oh. So it looked like he had 65 on his paperwork, but he'd really, you know, he'd, he'd only stolen $20 billion. 
not six digits. He fudged the numbers. He rounded up. He did. He rounded up. He rounded up aggressively. (laughs) (laughs) Madoff was amazed by the SEC's incompetence. So if only the SEC had dared to look at Madoff's business, the whole thing would have fallen apart very quickly. And according to Bernie Madoff, he called the SEC a waste of time and complained about their incompetence in an interview with no other than the SEC themselves. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the cojones on this clown. He is like, you guys suck. (laughs) If you look a little bit closer, you'll see my businesses like pretend. And they're like, no, we don't believe you. We trust you. We trust you, Bernie. It's SEC's fault that Bernie was able to get away with it. Yes. The ultimate gaslighter. Oh, I like this one. Madoff's son Mark wrote, fuck you, dad, in his suicide letter. I like that one. Uh, I mean, I don't like the fact that it's a suicide letter or the what happened. Uh, but unfortunately, Mark tried to commit suicide twice. And the first time he tried to commit suicide, he wrote a letter that says, now you know how you've destroyed the lives of your sons by your life of deceit. Fuck you. Oh, God. Mm. He didn't leave a note the second time. So, you know, at least he was able to put something into that one allegedly Madoff was well respected in prison oh good he went to one of those federal prisons that's like a country club I'm sure he was very comfortable uh-huh uh I mean his wife though did say when he died when he was 82 she said no nah, he won't be missed and his victims will think that death is too good for him yep yeah I, would, I don't disagree uh lawyers lawyers they have pocketed about $800 million for cleaning up Madoff's mess. So there's a firm who was tasked with tracking down Madoff's stolen assets and redistributing them, as I mentioned, in the really long-titled fund. Uh, (laughs) This is a massive international undertaking which uh, has been outsourced to other law firms, but more than a decade into their task, uh, Baker and Hostetler had earned almost $1 billion in total legal fees. That was in 2018. And who, who's paying for this? Who's paying leads? this bill? Yeah. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. So what I would like to end up with, um, end up with? Yeah. I don't know. Glass of wine? Uh. Glass of wine and <laughs> <laughs> what I would like to finish with. I've Is that spilled. wine in a sippy cup? I've just put a whole bottle of vodka in a sippy cup. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. It's just easy because then you don't have to go and refill your glass. Mm-hmm. You're working, uh, what's the word? Smarter. Effectively, efficiently, working smarter, not harder. Think global, act local, all of those things. So what I would like to finish off my episode with is that Bernie Madoff is a fuckwit and he <laughs> stole a lot of people's money. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for eloquent? Jam it in your pipe. I love it. Our pop culture reference for this week is The Big Short, starving Steve Carroll and Bradley Pitts and Christian Bell. And Margot. Margot Robert. (laughs) Margot Robert. Robot. Robot. (laughs) This has been Shit and Bricks. I have been Kate. That has been Dom. We are on Riverside and it's been a time. (laughs) And I'm unemployed. Yeah. Peace out. Yay. Thanks for joining me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
That was wonderful. <laughs> it was as wild as the whole Madoff story is. Oh my god! Is... I hope you can take one thing from that because I I don't know what I just talked about for forty six minutes. No clue. I th- <laughs> no, it was all very clear. Like it's it's okay. such a complex, and I know it's multi layered, and it is the the level of deception and all the things that he did was so vast. And but yeah. to your point last time when you introduced Ponzi, it was a bit more technical needed to yeah. set the scene on what all of that was but it's important everyone gets to see what the deal is with some of these victims and how because we even mentioned it in the in that previous episode it's just more so than anything else that we really ever discuss like I don't think hurricanes I don't think tsunamis um, yeah I don't encounter sharks very often <laughs> you know I don't I'm probably I don't live uh, anywhere near a cult no, I don't know. Yeah. Just purely based on numbers and not mm. dollar numbers, but like people numbers affected, this would have to be the most devastating or most impactful, scary, horrible thing that we've ever talked about. Yeah. You're not wrong. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's a guy who was doing a scam here in Australia where he would text people with a hi mum or hi dad, usually hi mum. Hi mum, I've lost my phone, so this is my new number. You can delete my other one and pose as the person's child and then be like, oh, my God, I'm in really bad trouble. I've got a drug problem. I need $2,000 right now or they're going to, like, kill me. So mums are like, oh, my God, getting scammed. He was arrested and he made almost $2 million from these hi mum scams, but fortunately he's been arrested and so hopefully that will stop. But there's non-stop scams. There's scams as simple as a hi mum text. There's scams as elaborate and messed up as Bernie Madoff and his Ponzi scheme. Yep. Just got to keep your head on a bloody swivel out there, folks. <laughs> head of ethos. <laughs> Put your money under the mattress like I do. I don't trust those banks. All right. Folks, I'll be joining you next week with a Yay. tale that I'm so excited to tell. I've managed tale to, as old as time. It's it's not quite as old as time. It's relatively, oh, okay. you know, modern, but it's just as unbelievable. And I'm so excited to share it with you all. So please join us next week for that episode. And in the meantime, like we said, go check out our socials, Shitting Bricks Podcast. We're on all the channels. Please go check out our Patreon. Sign up. Just a few bucks. Keeps the lights on. Means that Kate got a new microphone thingy today and we were able to upgrade our recording systems. So, you know, it goes a really long way and we really appreciate it. Or just email us and get in touch with us at shitting.bricks.podcast at gmail.com. Send us a story. Tell us what you're scared of. And we'll talk to you soon. And never forget, (laughs) we love you. We really do. Yeah, it's unhealthy, but it's <laughs> nature. Nature, nurture. All nature right. versus nurture. <laughs> we better go. I'll see you guys later. Oh, <laughs> We're going to get in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.